Congratulations, you made it to the X-Fill. You can relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. This week, both Ronald and I spent a ton of time on Interchange, so we wanted to talk about what we've learned, what we've seen, and tips for digging deeper into the mall and digging into some of the more challenging areas on Interchange. For hideout keeping this week, nothing really to clean up on my end or announce. Yeah, that's it, guys. <laughs> uh, Ronald, I don't know if you have anything to announce or uh, or tidy up, but it's been kind of just uh, digging into Tarkov when I can, and it's snowed like crazy here, so <laughs> not a whole lot going on in my world. Yeah, we had fake spring up here in the uh, Midwest, so it for sure did snow. But I also, pretty uh, normal week, pretty routine week, so I don't have a lot of hideout keeping to go over this week. So the best way to get a hold of me is always in Discord. Send me a DM, tag me in a message if you have uh, episode feedback or a question about the game or whatever. Tag me in the message, tag Trigger in the message, and we'll see that and we'll definitely get back to you. Uh, speaking of Discord, I'm always going to plug the hardware section. There's lots of people with questions about their computer. Check it out. Ask your questions about your computer. We have Smokey Ranger, our resident tier one help desk, because he likes to refer to himself. He does a great job answering questions from basically everybody who's who's got them. And we've got other people in the community who jump in and give recommendations, especially to you council folks coming over for the first time and building a computer to play Tarkov. It's absolutely a great resource for you. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronald Gaming. Check us out there. And a couple of times a week, if you'd like to talk to me, you can talk to me in Trigger stream, twitch.tv slash MTB Trigger. I hang out there with, you know, a couple other people. We have a good time. Talk about whatever is going on, watch Trigger kill some people or whatever, or just be silly. It's a good time to just kind of relax and have a good time with all of us. Outside of that, if you have something more formal and you'd like to get to the show, the business contact for all of XP Media is xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. And support for this episode is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use code XFIL, that's E-X-F-I-L, for 20% off and free shipping on your order. The best in men's grooming hardware and product. Manscaped.com, Codex Fill, 20% off and free shipping. Other ways you can support the show, as always, the number one, share it with a friend or share it somewhere on the internet. Let somebody know about the show. If you're looking to support us directly, you can do that through Patreon, or you can go over to my Twitch channel with your Amazon Prime Gaming subscription. You can do that for free if you have an Amazon account, or you can set up a subscription yourself. Both of those ways help us tremendously. And if you're looking for me specifically, it's MTB Trigger on Twitter, Twitch, and Discord. Before we go into our week here, I do want to make a specific note, because Ronald talks about hanging out in Twitch all the time, and we plug it here as well. And I just wanted to say uh, thanks. The viewer numbers are through the roof and a ton of people come in every week. Seems like we get a handful of new people coming by the Twitch stream. And it's just awesome to hear 
how you found the show, how it's helped, and you know maybe it just helps you get through Monday or Tuesday or whatever day you listen to it. It never gets old hearing those stories. Had three people today come in and say that they recently found the show, that they love the show, and it's helped out on their first wipe. So it never gets old hearing those stories. And to be really specific, even if you turn the Twitch channel on and just turn it on while while I'm streaming, that stuff goes a long way. Watching our YouTube channel, watching Twitch, listening to the audio, it's really, really hard to say just how much that helps us. We're always going to be here to help and try to help people get better at Tarkov. That's our goal. So Thank you, thank you for your support on all the stuff we're doing, and we will continue to deliver as much content as we possibly can, and that's going to come through YouTube, Twitch, and the podcast. So thank you very much. There we go. So, Ronald, how was your week in Tarkov, sir? Oh, man, it's been an interesting week. I set myself a goal to swipe to get to level 40, and I'm at level 39. This week was a lot of interchange, which is, you know, why we're going to dive into talking about this. We've both played a lot of interchange this week and had a great time really learning some nuances in interchange, but also some just very general tips. During that process, lots of ragman tasks, obviously in interchange, lots of peacekeeper tasks kind of sending me all over the place to finishing up a lot of peacekeepers quest line and spending a lot of time on interchange and, and really getting better at some things that I traditionally kind of have struggled with a bit. One of the things I'm especially excited to talk about is close quarters PvP interchange is really interesting. It is something that kind of comes at you really quick. And I've had a great time this week and actually had some success, which I have not had in the past on interchange with some close corner PvP and some uh, some high level players. Of course, then there's the scav tasks. This week I've dumped through a bunch of scavs. I would say there's a quest for therapist, I think, is called decontamination, where you have to kill 40 scavs on interchange. And this week, I've gotten 34 of them of the 40 kills, which was, you know, quite a few scavs for me anyway. So overall, it's been a good week, got some good loot stories, got some good mechanic stories on interchange, which we'll get into, but lots and lots of interchange this week. So how about you? Yeah, same. I've honestly done almost nothing but interchange. So we'll we'll save that for what we're going to talk about. But as far as updates on progression and what I was working on this week, I've been really intentional about running the FP100 air filters all the time. And I'm proud to report that today on stream, uh, in the third interchange raid that I did today, I got max endurance. And I got to tell you, I knew it was powerful. I knew it was good, but <laughs> it's crazy. It is absolutely insane how far you can run with this. And then the weirder one that I never really thought I would notice that much is jumping takes almost zero extra endurance or stamina away when you have max endurance. So it was really fun messing around with this on stream. And it was just a one of those goals that I had never really set out to get a mastery skill. It seems like endurance and strength were leveling a lot faster this wipe. So I really did put the focus into sprinting around as much as I could with the air filter in for the past week or two. So pretty stoked to get that one done. That's pretty cool. I mean, getting just to the max point of any one of the skills is you know, quite the feat. Now the air filter is good for physical things, right? So plus 40% to physical kind of attributes. So it doesn't help with maybe some of the other things, but um, 
man, strength, endurance, it makes a huge difference. I mean, how far can you run now? Can you run like around the whole map once? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's kind of like I wasn't using SJ6 a whole lot. I had used it um, a couple weeks back when I was learning the resort. And what I what I immediately realized was now that I have the Kappa container and I've been carrying some extra stims around, I don't think I'll carry an SJ6. One of the craziest things that happened today was I was like 73 kilograms and there was just a few minutes left in a raid and I was in the middle of the mall and had a PVP encounter that I was not expecting. I was able to pop a mule stim and sprint from the middle of the mall at 73 kilograms and I had to stop. I had to kill two scabs on the way and I had to stop and rest a few times or walk and gain my stand back. But with the max endurance and the mule stimulant at 73 kilograms, with two and a half minutes left from the middle of the mall, I was able to get out to the Emercom exit. It's crazy what yeah. you can do with the stims on it as well. Just max endurance wouldn't have got me out. The mule stim does an incredible job as well. That's crazy. So how much does it hurt you then when you go like prone and come back up again? You know, the heavier you are, say you're over 50 kilograms. And my endurance, I think, is in the 20s. And so mm -hmm. I lose like, I don't know, maybe 10% going prone and coming back up again if I'm heavy. Does it totally cut that out? You know, I didn't pay close attention to that. Here's what it does to the best of my ability. And I'm, I'm kind of going from uh, a memory here, but the I actually hovered over it when I got it because I was curious what it did. When you get it, it shows you the elite level skills, right? So as you're leveling endurance, for those of you that haven't paid much attention to your skills at all, the endurance skill under your character tab and the skills, every single level you get in it increases stamina, it decreases jump stamina drain, and it increases your breath holding time when you are, you know, shooting or sniping. So as you level it up, that stuff just gets better and better and better. And it, it does get really noticeable the higher you get. I mean, you've noticed it when we were running around. You're like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm breathing heavy and you're way around the corner. You know, so it, it does matter. The difference between level 40 endurance and level 20 isn't crazy. I will say the difference between mastery and like level 30 is going to be crazy. Because at the elite level, when you hit level 51 on this skill, you get 150% stamina, right? So whatever you're used to having, you get an additional plus 150%. It is massive, right? So in the toolbar, it said plus 150%. So I don't know if it's an additional 150% or if it's 150% of what you had before. But you also get increased hands endurance. So when I was holding angles today after I got this, my endurance was not going down very fast at all while I was holding positions, which is very interesting. And then the thing that I remember was I hovered over it and it said something like physical exertion does not cause apnea. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's an interesting elite level skill. I'm not even sure what that means. So do you think that it's going to make you take fights differently? You know. I don't know. Um, I guess what it did for me today was test out how far I could go doing things that I was already doing. So if I got a really good spawn on Interchange, I was seeing how far I could get towards Ultra Medical. And again, I'll talk more about Ultra Medical because that's been kind of my beacon. Like I spawned out on the highway 
near the scav camp, and I was able to run without stopping from the highway into the front of the Ultra Mall and up the escalator in the middle of the mall before I ran out of stamina. So I was really testing that kind of stuff out. When it comes to fighting, I don't know that it's going to actively change the way I fight. I did notice how long I could hold ADS without weapon sway coming up, though. So maybe, but again, I don't think that's going to be an active decision. I think it's going to be more like, oh, I'm out of stamina still, or I've been holding this so long that I'm losing arm stam. So I don't think I'm going to change the way I play in fights. At least I don't have any plans to yet, but I did notice all of those things after it happened. Do you think that it'll change your default gear loadout since a heavy penalty for heavy armor may not be as big of a deal? Yeah, so with this, I will 100% all the time have a mule stim in my gamma. It will now be worth whatever price it is. I'm kind of crafting them on cooldown. But what I experienced, and I guess I could paint the picture a little clearer, that mule stim saved everything for me today, right? So there's like six minutes left in this raid. I had gone up to ultra medical. I killed three guys, uh, three separate solo guys, was able to loot tech light. And then I went to turn power on because no one had done it in the beginning of the raid. And as I got to power, somehow I missed when it turned on. And someone actually had flipped power on. So I think we did this like complete circle around each other. And as I got to Ultra Medical, I heard them running to the sneaky stairs back towards Ollie. And I shot one of the two guys that had looted Ultra in the back. And so I was actually able to go loot that guy. So I had his gear, another guy's gear, and then I think an armor off of another one. So I ended up with an AVS and a TV-110 in my bag full of loot. I had two guns and then just every single slot was full. And so then I went down the escalator stairs and was going to go into national just to top off my bags. I think I had like four slots left and there's like seven minutes left at this point. As I'm getting down the stairs at national, I'm turning the corner off the escalator and turning left and I get stuck on the railing because I see a PMC and he starts shooting at me, and I'm stuck. Like, I'm, I'm like, running into stuff, freaking out, because he scared me. And I somehow get away. I had to pop a hemostat, I popped a propital, and I popped an ETG, because he hit me in the arm and the leg. So I take the pain effects, heal up, kill this guy, after he wraps back through National towards the middle of the mall, and the timer's ticking. We're, like, four minutes. So then I go loot him, and then a scav respawn happens. So then I have to shoot at a scav. I'm listening to another scav. I'm piecemealing all this loot back and forth together because he had good gear. I already had good stuff. So I put all of that in. I look at the clock. And honestly, I'm on stream. It was my last raid of the day. Chat's freaking out. <laughs> right? Like chat's scrolling like, get out. No, what are you doing? There's people saying that work, they're like cringing in their cubicle. <laughs> but I pop the mule stem and get out. But that experience, I thought there was no way I could get out, honestly. I jokingly said, like, I'm not reading chat. (laughs) I don't want to hear about it. But when I realized, okay, I'm max stam and I have a mule, I popped it. And I'm serious. I think the clock said two minutes and 31 seconds. I was under the escalator next to National, to give you an idea. And I had the Emercom exit. So I had to run down the long corridor, through Ollie. I booked it straight across Ollie. 
there was a scav in there that I ignored and didn't shoot, got out to the loading dock, had to kill a scav there, and then I booked it straight for the exfil and got out with 12 seconds. So will it change what I'm doing? Absolutely. I will 100% always carry a mule, 73 kilograms, and a successful exfil. Otherwise, I would have gone MIA. No max strength there, or no max endurance there, and I'm MIA. No question about it. So what level are you now, roughly? Uh, PMC-wise? Yeah, PMC. 52, maybe 53. Okay. So how long did you intentionally really work on this? Like, how long have you been putting the filter in? At what level did you say, hey, you know, I actually could do this and start to make that conscious choice of playing for it? Yeah, um, two weeks. I'd say two weeks ago, and my endurance was in the 30s. To give you a picture of how much I've been playing, I play Wednesdays for four hours in the afternoon. I usually play for a couple hours once, you know, after we record, and then we usually get one other night in. And if I can catch a couple raids on the weekend, which is pretty rare. So I would say when I was in the 30s, and I I probably recognized that my endurance was higher level, and it was probably like level 34 or 35. And yeah, like two weeks that I've been focused on it, running air filters all the time. And I would say I probably get, I don't know, 10 to 15 hours a week in Tarkov. And that's, I think that might even be high right now. Yeah, that's great. I mean, because someone probably is listening to this and wanting to know how long that really takes, you know, is you know, what's the range that's realistic to level that skill to the to 51. And I think it's great. I think it's really interesting because it's really hard to get to the elite skills. You know, I mean, we, we had a friend who got elite strength, right, uh, in the yep. first wipe that we played. And that was kind of interesting to watch what that was able to do for him. But besides that, I really, I really haven't heard of a lot of people pushing all the skills to elite. I mean, it takes a, it takes an awful, awful lot. Now, there's a couple other examples of skills I think that get to elite, like search and things like that, where you can search two at once and all that stuff. But I think it's really interesting to talk about max endurance, uh, and I wanted to make sure we didn't miss that moment to kind of get some specifics about it while it's kind of fresh in your mind and kind of fresh for the show and. Hopefully somebody got something, you know, out of that is maybe something they want to try to get done before the wipe's over. Yeah, I'm excited to keep trying it and I'll report back on it. It's something that I, again, I hadn't really planned on it. It was just like, oh, I'm kind of high on this and I could make these air filters. Let's give it a go. So yeah, if you're in the 30s and, you know, for a couple of weeks, you can just commit to, you know, when you're in a raid and you have the ability to run around, which I know it's scary in Tarkov and it is interesting. I had to find the places I was comfortable running, you know, and as I started exploring interchange, that was not inside the mall. <laughs> it is not inside the mall. It's outside the mall. So if you got questions about endurance, ask us, right? Hit us in Discord or shoot us a note because I tried a couple of things with it and ultimately I ended up just sort of making sure I had the air filter running and that leveled it nice and smooth. I'm sure I could have done more to focus level it, but it wasn't interesting enough to me to like just pistol run a bunch of raids and and do that. It was just playing the game that I leveled it. So I was happy about that. Now I'm looking at some of the other skills like, do I really want to change the way I play to level this? And so far, the answer is no. If there's one that I'm looking at, it's hideout mastery, because fortunately, I am around most of the day working and whatever, so I can log into the hideout. And that's at level 40 right now. So I'm going to keep grinding that out to see what getting 
hideout management at mastery looks like. So that'll probably be the next one I get. But anyway, that was a massive tangent on endurance, which I wasn't planning on, but I appreciate the questions because I'm excited about it and I'll keep testing it out. But a few episodes ago, I had actually talked about playing squads and I talked about learning the top floor of interchange. I'd actually been thinking about something you said, Ronald, and it's been resonating me for a couple weeks. This might even be a month old. But you dropped a comment in one of the episodes where you said the more you play a map, especially the bigger maps, they tend to become a series of smaller maps or areas that you know really well. And I had never thought of the Tarkov maps like that, but it made sense to me. And it really made sense to me in the context of Interchange because the main floor of the mall, I knew like the back of my hand. Ollie, I knew like both sides of my hand. And Idea, less so. Goshen, less so. And the top floor of the mall didn't know very well at all. And the parking garage is still just a chaotic mess for me. So my goal over the past week was to kind of chunk it out and start learning the upstairs. And so the way that I did that, I actually decided to buy the ultra medical key. And that's what kind of led into my journey in interchange. But your journey in interchange is is a little different. So we'll jump into ultra medical. We'll talk about all the things. But what had you jump in interchange? Like, why were we both in there so much over the last couple weeks? Well, I had finally gotten to the point in the tasking system where I had gotten past the first Ragman task to kill 25 scavs on Interchange. I had just gotten around to trying and deciding that I was going to prioritize doing that. And that opened up a couple other quest lines for Ragman that I had actually never done before. So it was kind of interesting to do new tasks. Uh, some of them I found really fun and engaging. Others I don't understand the point. But some of them were were good. And so one of them that I really thought was kind of annoying at first, but then I started to understand kind of a benefit of it is killing a bunch of scavs on interchange. And there's two tasks, right? There's one that's just killing scavs. I think it's the first one is 15, maybe 12 or 15 or something like that. And then the second one is the decontamination, which is therapist, which is 40. And it's a lot of scavs to kill, right? And so I decided that Well, if I'm going to do that, it's a great way to learn the map because right now, the current state of the wipe, probably midway through, interchange really is about 10 minutes of really intense PvP around Tech Light and Ultra Medical. And then it's people doing tasks and the Thick Boys are mostly gone. On average, that's about what it is. So what I decided to do was, hey, I need to kill scavs. So you decided you were going to learn the second floor. I decided I was going to learn the parking garage and I do not get lost in the parking garage anymore. I know exactly where everything is. I know where all the scav spawns are. And I just went back and forth and roamed the parking garage, then over to the power station and then over to the Emercom area. And I just went back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, I'd routinely get nine scavs, nine to 12 scavs of raid, which is great. I I basically hunted scavs until I got low on ammo (laughs) and then got out and reset. And a couple times it died, of course, but really, as I got more comfortable with learning the different areas of the map and turning the big map small by kind of chunking off the garage into three major sections and learning it in those three sections, it really became very manageable from a perspective where before I was, you know, had a lot of exploration fear when it came to that part of of interchange. So I spent a lot of time 
doing that. And my motivation was to get some of the tasking done. And then with your help and a couple of the raids, we pushed forward into some of the planting tasks. And then we pushed forward past, um, I think I did it by myself. I went in and got the the books for Ragman out of the two stores. Then I had another planting task inside where we had to plant the Comtax and the two helmets. Just stuff like that. I mean, crazy time, right? But learning the inside of the, the mall and doing things that I really had never done. And the big thing is, and I really want to dive into this with you, is like trusting the sound that you hear. Because the inside of Interchange is all about sound. And we actually, we had a crazy raid where I'm planting the Comtex and we stop for a second and you see Killa and tap him and he doesn't even know we're there. And that was just <laughs> was a crazy moment where you're like, hold on, I hear something. And then in that same moment, about 15 seconds later, two PMCs were running and they ran right past us just on the other side of the cloth wall that goes between there and Goshen. So lots of stuff there, but we really should dive into sound because trusting what you hear goes a long way to learning interchange on the inside for sure. Yeah, I I agree. And I think you mentioned something earlier that is really, really important to interchange. And Trusting sound on interchange is really understanding the PvP and what's going on on the map. So this is probably the first thing that I really started to notice as I went in more and more. There's two things that happen on interchange basically every time. You're going to have the PMCs that spawn near Ollie oftentimes will run through Ollie or up the Ollie stairs and into the mall right there is a store called Teco. And then up the escalator stairs there is Tech Light. And then across from Tech Light is the locked door Ultra Medical. Ultra Medical requires power to be turned on at the outside power plant. And when the power is turned on at the power plant, it also unlocks Kiba which is in the middle of the mall and is a very high-end weapon shop. You can find fully kitted guns. You can find basically every weapon part in the game, and there are a ton of spawns. It's literally a gun store with gun racks, a gun wall, a bunch of gun cases, and then loose loot everywhere. And then Killa spawns right in front of Kiba across the hallway. So what you typically hear in the first 10 minutes, which is what Ronald's point was earlier, is players running, and oftentimes you'll hear them on wood if you're near Ollie because that's them going through the two tech stores on the main floor, Rasmussen and Teco. You'll hear escalator sounds, players running upstairs towards tech light and into ultra medical to see if the people that spawn near power turned it on. So you'll often get fights or grenades being thrown in that area. So you'll often hear massive amounts of war going on near Ollie. And then the other thing you will hear is players throwing grenades in the middle of the mall, right out of the gate. And the reason they do this is if you throw grenades into the middle of the mall, near Kiba, near Mantis, near Generic, if Killa is in the raid, if he spawned, grenades will trigger him to activate and start running around and trying to hunt PMCs. So people will throw these grenades to try to get Killa to run around so they can pick him off. If you encounter Killa and he aggros and you didn't throw a grenade, he's very, very likely to kill you unless you somehow sneak up on him like Ronald and I managed to and shoot him in the head twice. 
And oftentimes it takes two shots, depending on what ammo you have, if you hit him in the head and you have high penetration rounds. He has a lot of hit points, and it can be hard to get through his helmet. So there's a bunch of strategies for killing Killa, and I'm not going to go into those here. But you have to listen to these sounds, because it's two parts. You have to understand what's gone on in the mall, so you can make good decisions about where to go. But then also you need to understand, okay, wood noise on the Ollie side suggests tech stores. If you're upstairs near tech light and you hear glass noise, that could be somebody creeping around through urban or the sneaky stairs. So there's a lot of little audio cues that as you play more and more in these areas, you'll hear, right? Like if you hear a door unlocking and you're downstairs in Teco, there's only one door that requires a key and it's directly above you in Ultra Medical. Right, So you you have to start thinking about what you're hearing. And I died a lot learning some of this stuff. But you bring up an excellent point. The first 10 minutes, just to summarize, are lots of grenades in the middle of the mall. And that means there's PMCs hunting for Killa. And oftentimes that's people trying to get their 100 Killa task done. So they go in. If he's not there, they leave. The other thing you're going to hear is people fighting for the tech loot near Ollie or fighting near Ultra Medical especially if power has been hit. And you know power has been hit because there'll be an alarm sounding in the mall near some of the tech stores and some other key areas. And then you'll also know if Kiba got hit if you hear a higher pitched noise in addition to that. All of that stuff is going to affect what you do, right? If you run in and you're the first person into Ollie and you hear that someone pulled power, you can guarantee that someone's going to be checking tech light. And if someone has an ultra medical key, they're coming that way. The first 10 minutes are not for the faint of heart in the mall. It's, it gets crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I want to take a minute to even take it to a more basic level with sound. Because I know there's people out there that are, are struggling with this. And I want to break down and talk a little bit about the different sound that a scav makes versus what a PMC is going to make. And kind of on average how you can learn that. And at a very basic level, this will help you make your way through the mall. So let's say you have no interest in the first 10 minutes of the high aggressive PVP. You're trying to get your task done, right? And so you need to start to understand scavs consistently make a couple of different kinds of sounds inside of the mall and in the garage area. You'll hear a scav run for two to three seconds and stop and kind of skid, and then they shift back and forth. It is a sound that is, once you start recognizing what it is, it is very, very distinguishable when you're wondering, okay, I hear somebody. The first decision you have to make is, is that a scav or a PMC? And you're trying to figure out what to do about that. If you hear the, the run for two to three seconds, stop, slide, shift back and forth, that kind of scraping noise, shift back and forth. And then you hear another run again in a shift or even just a walk at like a slower pace. That is like 99% a scav. And you'll start to think about this and you'll start to really recognize this pattern that scavs make when they're making sound in the mall. Now, a scav is also, if you're on your PMC, going to yell at you before they aggro you and start shooting at you and that kind of thing. Everybody knows that. That's a normal kind of thing. But I'm talking about when you're sneaking around and when you're in a position of not being aggroed yet, and you have the choice of deciding, am I going to engage in this area or not? You have to really start to trust what you're hearing because a PMC is going to do things in a more random or chaotic way. They're not going to do that consistent pattern 
of run, slide, skid, run, slide, skid, or walk through the middle of an area or something like that. And especially a PMC is not going to have a flashlight like at night at interchange. They may have a flashlight, but the way that scavs use flashlights give away their position all the time. It's pretty easy to tell that a PMC is not going to play like that in most circumstances. And if you're sneaking around, just like Trigger said, you'll hear a PMC slow walk on wood or slow walk up that metal stairs or slow walk over that glass. Scavs don't do that. Scavs walk full speed, boom, 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 crunch, crunch, crunch. You're going to hear that. That's a scav. And I think it makes a big difference because once you get confident in, okay, this is most likely a scav and not most likely a, a PMC, you can make your engagement choice there. And I wanted to make sure that we didn't miss this moment because breaking down just at a very basic level, what you're hearing and then learning to trust that is a long way into getting better at playing these close quarters maps. It is really good too, because Interchange also, when they recently updated scavs pathing and adding in that kind of run stop, um, you'll hear scavs in places you may not expect it. And for me, in the upstairs area, I've talked a lot about that ultra medical tech light area. If you keep heading towards the middle of the mall, there's a main corridor in between the middle of the mall and tech light if you veer right as you're heading into the middle of the mall. And now that's actually a scav area. And you will regularly hear scavs running down that corridor. And I can tell you that if you're in tech light or you're in ultra medical, either waiting for power to turn on or somehow you got lucky and turned on and you survived the PvP, that running noise is terrifying because <laughs> there's no quiet way out of that area. It's glass towards the sneaky hallway. It's an escalator to go down or you have to walk right into them. So you're right. Understanding the difference and, and really paying attention to where it happens is absolutely critical in Interchange especially because Interchange is one of those maps that you can play it at night without night vision goggles very effectively, but it can make for some very, very dark corridors and corners. Playing Scav or PMC in dark hallways is <laughs> its a recipe for a jump scare every time. <laughs> but it also actually is really interesting because when you are in those dark corridors and those dark hallways and all you have is your sound to rely on, it makes a huge, huge difference when it comes down to either winning that jump scare or working your way from that jump scare into a you know a disadvantaged position, right? And for example, it was nighttime when I was planting and you shot Killa. And that was completely because we got jump scared. We're not expecting to see Killa there. However, we took advantage of the sound. Killa was making a bunch of sound that we took advantage of. And I just think that, for me anyways, the foundation of really getting comfortable on Interchange, and I have really gotten comfortable on Interchange quite a bit more than I ever have been, that all came from realizing and understanding what the sound that I'm hearing really is and what it really means. Yeah, and in addition to sound, I, I want to make a pretty big point here about pacing and the speed at which you do things on interchange because understanding what's going on in the first 10 minutes and being in the middle of it is a very different thing. And I'll say this, I bought the ultra medical key and I watched it. It was hovering between five and 7 million and I picked it up for 4.5 million or something. 
and I wanted to at least get my money back and learn that area. But after running up to that area as quickly as I could, I realized that the survival rate was going to be really low. Selling a Ledex, if I got lucky, not found in raid, wasn't going to make me money. It was just going to cause me to break even. And that's if Ledex is spawned. So very quickly, I kind of went back to my natural pace for playing maps. And it was, you know, getting to a position, listening to what's going on, and then strategically taking PvP and acting on what I think is going on. And I made so, so many mistakes and so many wrong assumptions and anticipated the wrong thing as I was figuring this out because I just didn't know all the angles. I didn't know all the places people could go. I didn't know all the places people could shoot from. I didn't know the normal PvP behavior or player behavior in those areas. One of the things that I've done is I typically on interchange will spend 30 to 45 minutes on the map. That's my normal pace for the map. If I don't get the best spawn, I don't rush up to the top floor. I do try to take an advantageous position, whether it's, you know, inside of Ollie watching the escalator stairs from the outside, or in the back of Ollie looking for PMCs to come up from the outside, or working my way through the underground area, which I don't know as well as Ronald does. I just kind of like think, okay, I'm at Ollie and I want to go towards idea and go up there. So I just sort of orient myself that way and figure out how to get through, but I don't know it at all. But slowing down on interchange can be the absolute best strategy because after 10 minutes, the killer hunters are gone. The people that were hunting for graphics cards and hoping that the power switch got hit for ultra medical, if it didn't get hit, they're gone. And if they got a graphics card or pulled some other loot, they're out of there. But they typically go so fast. Like, how many times have you and I been on Interchange recently, been 30 minutes into the map, and we find a graphics card or a Tetris? Or it's happened, I'm talking like five or six times in the last week. Absolutely. There's so many graphics cards that are missed on flat surfaces. And Tetrises, this week, how many Tetrises did we find? Like I know that five you found left. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both found one in one raid. I know that. You had a graphics card and I had a Tetris in the same raid that we looted after the 30-minute mark. It's absolutely incredible that we found all this extra high-value loot. Now, we found most of it at night, but I don't know if that really matters, but that's still something to be said there. And it was just missed because it's a flat thing on a flat surface in kind of a dark area. And it's just incredible to me that that loot is left over. It, you just have to pay attention for your white dot and kind of always look on flat surfaces and get good at spotting loot. And that comes with practice. And the way that I got better at spotting loot when I was terrible at it was scav running interchange over and over and over again and running through Ollie and looking at the pallet racks and the shelves in Ollie because there's so many flat surfaces where you can see loot relatively easily but it teaches you what loot looks like because there's so much clutter in the mall that's just nothing, right? And it teaches you kind of what to recognize for loot in Ali. So that's a tip for if you're wondering like, well, I, I don't know how to find it or I don't know how to recognize it. Well, scav run and go through Ali and look at all the racks in there. But yeah, you're right. We found a lot of high value stuff this week. It was crazy. Right. But understanding the pacing of the map also, I think, is why we found that, right? In the first 10 minutes, if someone rushes up to Techlight or through Techo, they're trying to find a graphics card. 
right? Which are kind of easy to spot, but they, they may miss them. They may think it's a DVD drive, but they're easiest to see if they're on a shelf below your eye level, right? Because you can see more of the item. And so one of the key tips that I have is when you're going through later in the raid, just because you heard combat in the Ollie area or Tech Light or Techo or Rasmussen, whatever, don't assume all the loot's been gotten. Because oftentimes the eye level shelves will have stuff on them or there'll be sections that got completely missed. You don't know when a PMC came up and scared them out. You don't know when that dead body was created on the floor. So clear it with caution, but check the surfaces where this stuff spawns because you'll find it. The point is that I can tell you that in about three or four out of ten raids, I will work my way up to ultra medical. Power will not be pulled, and there'll be like 25 minutes left in the raid. And I'll have looted random stuff through the mall or killed some scavs or PMCs, whatever. And then I'll be up in the ultra area like, come on, someone pull it up. Oh, it's not going to happen. So I'll run all the way down the top floor, down the idea escalator, out to power, hit it, go back through idea, all the way up. The only time that it wasn't available for me to unlock it was the very last raid I did today. But the other like seven or eight times I've done that over the last week, I've got to unlock Ultra Medical. I have pulled at least five LEDXs this week, bunch of ophthalmoscopes, defibrillators, all that stuff. It's a pacing thing, right? If power doesn't get pulled, and all the PvP happens in the first 10 minutes, and then people leave with their loot, go pull power, get back up there, check it out. Because oftentimes, if somebody has the ultra key, they're going to want to use it, but maybe they looted something else and got out. So it's a weird thing, but I just wouldn't be scared to explore the mall after all of the action happens. And the other thing that happens, just like Ronald said, man, we were sneaking around the mall doing tasks. And I'm just going back to this because the reason we got jump scared by Killa was because it was it was like halfway through the raid. We hadn't heard much. We had heard grenades early, but we got him and we're like, what in the world happened? He's sitting in the middle of the mall and there's been no noise for a while. So maybe he killed people we didn't hear. I don't know, but it was wild. So take your time. Don't be in a rush to get in the mall. Understand what all of those noises are. And, and then make good decisions for pushing into those locations if you're trying to get some loot or check some areas out. With every single map, you know, the one thing that you have to remember is that urgency really is around the timer and that's it. If you have like some self-imposed urgency based on something that you kind of get tunnel vision on that you absolutely have to get done, you know, you're only going to frustrate yourself because that's just going to be an artificial like thing that the game is not throwing at you for a challenge. And the game is challenging enough without you and getting in your own headspace and saying, I need to get this done. I need to push, push, push. And then all of a sudden you get yourself in a situation that is not favorable for you. And so when it comes to getting in the mall and getting around the mall, like Trigger just said, we found Killa with like 20 minutes left. Take what the game gives you. If you're going in there to do a task, do your task, take it at your own pace, take it at a pace that gets you success. Don't worry about being fast or running or getting somewhere too quickly. Take it at a pace that allows you to get it done and then get to the extract with the highest probability of success. Because in Tarkov, killing a bunch of people and dying is not winning. Living in Tarkov is winning. Exfilling in Tarkov is winning. And that is a huge, huge thing that is different from a lot of FPS games. And if you're coming from an FPS game where 
dying is not that big of a penalty, you have to understand that in Tarkov, dying is the biggest penalty. Living is the greatest success. And so if that means that you have to get out and reset and try again, that's the best way to do that and not impose some artificial timeline that causes you to die. Yeah, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've disengaged or someone throws a grenade, I don't know where it was from, and it's a 180 and gone. (laughs) You know, because the the thing with interchange too, specifically as it relates to surviving, like you just said, interchange has so many places to loot. I wonder how much loot in a normal raid that has an average amount of PvP and then has like two or three waves of scab spawns come through, I seriously wonder how much loot is left on that map. I think it's probably an extraordinary amount because (laughs) between all of the different places in the mall, I'll run the stashes. Jaeger has stashes all over the outside of the map, which are amazing, by the way. But I'll, I'll run those at like, you know, 10 minutes to go after a full raid, and they were never touched. And there's like seven of them on my favorite run. We've talked about them before in previous episodes, but they can spawn like any item in the game. And you can find armor, like you can find slicks in them for crying out loud. So (laughs) I don't know. It's an interesting map. It's super interesting. There's tons of loot. Don't get so locked into, I got to get to Ultra. I got to get to Rasmussen. There's a lot of value to be had outside of those, those areas. Yep, absolutely. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about ultra medical and how it works, because at some point, somebody explained this to me and somebody explained it to you. And so as long as we're talking about interchange, I think we should go over how this major mechanic on the map works. And then once we go over the mechanic of it, let's talk about tips for getting into ultra. So so how does someone get into ultra? Sure. So two things are required. One is the ultra medical storage key. It's a key that you could get lucky and find in a coat pocket, or most likely you would buy off the flea market, or depending on what point in the wipe it is, you may have to trade for it. So recently, this key was only tradable. People were asking a crazy amount of money for it, but now people are listing it for regularly between four and six million rubles. So you need the key. And then the second thing you need is for the power station lever to be pulled just outside of the manager's office, which if you've been in the power station and you hear that loud, that's the power on. And if you're in the power station area and you don't hear a big humming noise, that means power is not on. So you can go in there and flip that switch, which would allow someone to loot ultra medical. Absolutely. Once the power switch is flipped on, couple of things happen around the ultra medical room itself and you are in the power station which is quite a far run from that area yeah so the alarm will start to sound if you're in the front of the mall if you're near any of the tech stores or if you're near kiba and it's just a you've probably heard it if you scabbed on interchange but it's just kind of like a I, i don't even know the noise to make i mean maybe we can pull it and splice it into the episode but it it's a it's an alarm you'll regularly hear on interchange but it's an alarm you only hear if power has been pulled gotcha it's an audio siren kind of thing you know it's it's pretty loud it's it's not doesn't sound like an ambulance i don't even know what to <laughs> what to compare yeah. it to so you pull the you pull the power the alarm goes off you run up towards ultra and then there's going to be pvp right because that is the place to go 
So there's going to be PvP up by Techlight and Ultra in that area. You get into that area, you use your key, you get into that room, which is a room within a room, right? And so what are you looking for? You immediately open the door. What's the first thing going through your mind? Where do you look first? It is a room within a room. As you come up the Ollie escalator to the second floor and take an immediate right, there is an outer wall and then an inner wall with this room. And there are actually shelves outside the door that can spawn medical loot. So you can find painkillers or healing items. So for those of you running hardcore, it could be a good place to hit to find that stuff. But once you get in the room, it's a very small closet with, I think, I don't know, six or seven shelves. Each shelf has a medical spawn, but specifically, each shelf has a chance for high-tier loot. So you can find defibrillators, you can find ophthalmoscopes, and you can find lead X's, and you can find basically any stim, I think. I regularly find SJ6's, Propitols, that kind of stuff in there. Survival kits, CMS, IFAX, you name it. If it's medical, you can find it on those shelves. Sometimes it's car kits and painkillers. But other times I've seen people pull two or three lead X's out of that room. It's a crazy room. It has, again, it's like anything. It has a random chance to spawn some really good loot. But what you're looking for is on the shelves, and I think there's a ground spawn in there too. I think I've found some stuff on the ground. But you're looking on the shelves, and those those shelves have two or three tiers to them. And so after you've looted and you need to get out, if your extract is Ollie, what's the best way to get out? Or Emercon? Oh, so this, is, this is where it's going to be just super dependent on what's gone on in the raid. I mean, if you rushed up there and someone had pulled power and you looted it and are booking it out there and you've got to go to Emercom, you're probably going to want to go down the back stairs, the sneaky stairs, which would be leaving the ultra medical door and then basically doing a 180 and running down the long hall to the staircase, which is going to spit you out in front of Ollie on the lower level. If you have railway as an exfil, you have more options because you kind of have to work your way across either the top floor or the lower floor of the mall. And again, it really depends on what's happened. Like, was power pulled late and there's no one around? Was power pulled early? This is a really hard question to answer. What's the best way out? Because for me, if you pulled some high tier loot, the best way out is going to be the one that gets you out quickly with the least chance of fighting if you're really trying to protect that loot, like a Ledex or an Ophthalmoscope for your therapist task or your hideout, whatever it may be. So to me, it depends on paying attention. Where has the action been happening? Is it still happening? Can you avoid it? There's times where I will run out of ultra medical, take a slight right turn to like two o'clock and go into a store called Papillon, and I will sit in the dressing rooms of Papillon for a couple minutes and just listen, right? And just see if anything else is going on. Zero issue with that, you know? If you, <laughs> if high-tier loot gets your blood pumping a little bit, go sit somewhere until you calm down a bit so you can get out with a little more level-headedness. Absolutely. I mean, it's not a bush, but it's a good place to uh, to wait it out for a few minutes, right? So... Well, I guess I'd like to take a second here and talk about Kiba, because I know there's going to be questions about how we use Kiba, what it is. We've talked about it during the episode a couple of times, but we've kind of talked about it in a way that assumes that you kind of know some some information about how it works. And I want to break this down so that a new player can hear this and say, okay, I know what Kiba is after this. So Kiba is the gun store room. We talked about there's lots of kitted guns there. It's the place to go. There's lots of good tier loot there. 
So it has a locked door. So how do I get through that locked door? What do I have to do to do that? Yeah, so Kiva is, again, main floor, middle of the mall, and there's actually two doors you have to get through on Kiva. So there is a metal grate and then a door itself, and you actually need a key for both. So there's some trades. I think Therapist has a trade for one of these keys. And then I actually don't know if the other one is anywhere but Coats or there may be a hard spawn somewhere. But ultimately, there's a Kiba 1 and a Kiba 2, and you need both to get through into Kiba. Power Station does have to be turned on for you to go into Kiba. Once you open Kiba, there's a different alarm. And this is a very high-pitched whooping noise that goes off when you open the Kiba doors. So if power's on and then Kiba gets opened and you're in the middle of the mall, you hear the power noise and the whooping noise from the Kiba alarm. Interestingly, and I didn't know this, you can actually turn off the Kiba alarm somewhere on the second story. And someone was telling me about it in chat. And that's going to be the next thing that I dig into and learn that I actually didn't know you could turn the Kiba alarm off, which I think is kind of neat. That's a really interesting thing you can do. And I'm excited to learn more about that. So if I get into Kiba, so let's say that I've made it into Kiba, I'm uncontested, I get all the loot to start. What are my best exfil options for both Emercom and for Rail? You know, where where do you think about, okay, besides what the map is going to give me, where do you start off going? What route do you pick first? Yeah, Kiba is great because it's quite literally on the corner of the middle of the mall. It's one of the corner stores. So you've got a couple options. One is immediately leaving Kiba, you can run left and there's the hole in the floor that takes you down into the parking garage below. So it's a quick sprint through a pretty open and highly contested area. But if you're feeling confident and you run down there, you can use the parking garage to kind of navigate a little more safely. It's pretty uncommon to run into PVP in the parking garage. So that's a pretty good safe one. Alternatively, you can run straight out of Kiba, take a slight like one o'clock angle, run out the front of the mall, and then start heading towards railway. And if you're really not feeling like heading straight towards either Xfil for any reason, you can kind of do a 180, turn right, and then take another right and go to Goshen. Go to the other mega store, which has easy access to both Ollie and Idea through side hallways and offices. So Kiba is probably the most options you have. The downside to Kiba is it's two doors in, but one way out, <laughs> right? So if you're in Kiba, you're in a giant glass room that has high tier loot. People know it has high tier loot and it takes a little while to loot. There's probably 30 to 40 spawns in there between the guns on the wall. There's desks all along the back wall that have stuff on it. And then the glass cases have loot in them. There's two crates. There's loot on the shelves in there. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's a lot of loot in there, so it takes some time. So the good and bad is you can go in any direction. The bad is people can see through the glass and see if you're in there, and you only have one way out. So if someone hears you in there or sees you in there, you, you got to be careful getting out. So probably the number one thing, as I've said, all of the exit strategies strategies for Kiba is you can run straight across the hall into, is it generic? What is that store? Not Viking. What's that thing called? It's where you plant the Wi-Fi device. There's a store right across from Kiba. <laughs> and it has a lot of cover in it. So as you're leaving Kiba, if you're nervous leaving, 
sprinting across the hallway into that room is going to give you a bunch of cover to use, and you're no longer exposed from people on the second floor maybe looking down at Kiva. So it's a short sprint, and then you can kind of get your bearings and figure out what you want to do. And finally, lastly, there's the honorable mention. There's the, I believe the name is the Emercom Medical Room. If someone is new to Interchange, let's talk about that. What is that? Why would I go there and how do I get in? There's a couple other keys as well besides Emercom. There's the safe room exfil. There's a container you can get to. And personally, I haven't done those enough times to talk about them from a knowledge standpoint. Hopefully report on those in the future. But the other one that we've hit a lot is the Emercom medical room. And this is the metal floored, thick glass walled room that is as you're leaving idea and running straight into the mall on the main floor, has three doors, all that are unlockable by the same key. And it's another uh, medical spawn area. The most notable thing about Emercom is in addition to having medical bags and loose med spawns, there's actually a chance for high tier tech loot in there. And I've actually personally pulled three or four graphics cards out of there this wipe. Emercom most notably has medical supplies. It has a coat, it has a duffel bag loose medical loot, and then some tech loot in there as well. It's also located really close to some of the action in the middle of the mall. It's kind of on a good angle for listening as people are moving around the middle of the mall. But it's kind of, uh, (laughs) it's another one of those precarious places to be because any movement you make, you're on a metal floor in there. And again, there's glass. uh, It's kind of like hazy glass that uh, people can see in through as you're in there. So There's not really a stealth way to loot the Emercom medical unit, but it requires the Emercom key. There's three separate metal doors that can be unlocked and in there. So as you go in, it's worth looking towards those other doors to see if they've been opened. But it's it's one that is definitely worth clearing before you loot, because if someone unlocked and closed one of the other doors, they could be hiding in there waiting for you, which has happened to me before. So that'd be my tip for Emercom. That's great. Appreciate the rundown of those very, I would say, like critical areas on interchange of where most of the action is going to happen. Most of the high tier loot is going to be on a pretty consistent basis. But before we're done, do you have any last tips for anybody who's getting into interchange? Yeah, I, I have two. I mentioned it before, but don't be in a rush. I would say a significant number of PMCs will be gone in the first five to 10 minutes after hitting major spawns and they will miss a tremendous amount of loot. Or they're just working on home runs, so they leave wires and RAM and circuit boards and a lot of stuff that's pretty valuable behind. So take your time. Don't be in a rush. The other big thing with that is if you don't know the area, don't sprint. Sprinting and interchange when you're in the mall, you can be heard from so many different places, and there's so many angles in there. I seriously think unless you know exactly what you're doing, you know you're the first one there, or you just need to get out, try not to sprint because you'll give yourself away. The final tip I have is an interesting one. It's the store called National. If you are in the mall and you have the railway exfil, whether you are a scav or a PMC, do not sleep on the National store. As you come in the central entrance to the mall, it's the first store on the right as you come up the stairs entering the mall. It has four filing cabinets, so 16 drawers you can loot, two coats, a duffel bag, a ton of shelves and loose loot spawns all throughout it. 
and then a couple hard spawns for like tar cola and some other stuff like that. But it's an easy way to fill up your bags. It's got food. It has just, it's an awesome, awesome area. So don't sleep on that. If you're, you know, scared and you need to get out of the mall or you've got some good loot, but you want to fill up your bags before you leave and you got Railway Exfil, take the two minutes and loot National. You will not be disappointed. That's good. That's good. My final tip for interchange is really a two-parter on not ignoring certain parts of the map. And I really need to emphasize, don't ignore the parking garage. It can be used for a couple of very interesting things. It can be used to get away. And if you get yourself in a bad situation, knowing how to use the parking garage and how to use the cover that's there and not getting lost in the maze that is the parking garage can be a huge advantage. Most people get lost down there. Most people are not going to follow you down that ramp in the center of the mall into the parking garage because they get lost. They don't know what's going on. If you can take a few raids, take a few scav raids even, and learn the different and learn the different angles of the parking garage area, it'll serve you well while you're in your raid. And my final tip is don't forget on the outside of the mall, all around interchange are a bunch of Jaeger stashes. They are full of loot. Routinely, if you try to take, let's say, a pilgrim in and just hit all the Jaeger stashes, you're going to fill your bag up before you're done hitting all the stashes. And you're going to be sorting loot by the end of it. So don't forget about that. There's a map that's up on mapgenie.io that talks about where all the Jaeger stashes are on the outside of the mall. You can do an easy square around basically the outside of the mall, hit those stashes, fill that bag up. Something to consider if maybe you've run the inside of the mall a ton of times and it's starting to get a little bit boring. You want to mix it up a little bit, but you still want to play interchange because you like it. Do a couple of scav runs or do a couple of PMC runs kind of as a scav and hit all those stashes around the outside. I mentioned the stashes before. That's a much better breakdown of them. I want to add that to my tips too. (laughs) Is just like National, use those stashes to fill your bags on the way out. And if you're just learning the map and trying to learn where the extracts are, go hit the stashes and then do the extracts. Like Ronald said, like you can fill a pilgrim easily in those stashes if they haven't been hit. Like fast. <laughs> They're great. They're absolutely great. Good point. Yep, yep. Well, that's about it. We are definitely seeing that green bar start to flash, which means we threw the grenade by the Emercom extract. We killed the Exfil camper guy. Ha <laughs> He didn't get us one more time this week. So before we do, we just want to say thank you to everyone in the Exfil community. We always say it. We always mean it. And thank you to everyone in the community. We're really excited about how many people have joined Discord. We're excited about how many people are commenting on every platform where the Exfil is available. We do this for you. We do this because we love this game. We love talking about this game with you. And we're just very thankful for the community and all of your interaction uh, with us and with everyone else in the community. Remember, you can find the show on all the audio platforms for podcasts, every one of them, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all the big ones, of course, Pandora, Google, and then all the other ones too. If you find one that you can't find the XFIL on and you have your preferred audio uh, podcast app or whatever, and it's not there, let us know. We've gotten the XFIL out there uh, based upon people asking for it in many, many, many different places. Remember, you can always watch the talk show version of the show at youtube.com slash xpmedianow, where you get to see Trigger and I do the show. If you are part of the YouTube community, we thank you very much for doing that. Remember to like and subscribe and leave a comment. It helps the algorithm 
send the show out to uh, new people and helps it get discovered, which just makes our community that much bigger and that much better. But besides that, we hope that you have a great week in all of your raids. If you're getting over your exploration fear or if you're pushing on through Kappa and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, whatever it is you're doing, we hope that you have success in it and we'll see you next week. Good luck out there. Good luck in the interchange if you're running it. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, guys. 